6 minutes and about 20 seconds. The Outline World Dispatch. Every Monday through Thursday, we bring you a story on the theme of power, culture, or the future, handpicked from theoutline.com. Today on the show, we went to the March for Our Lives demonstration in DC. Let's get right into it. Power. Okay, why are you all here today? Um, to, for um, the president to stop having this, or the, for them to stop the gun laws, because we don't want them. We don't want people dying here. So I've been waiting with bated breath anticipation for you to get back from the March for Our Lives in D.C. You went this past weekend. I did. And what made you want to go? I mean, aside from the fact that you work at the outline and we're assigned <laughs> to go to the March for Our Lives, but you, we've been talking about gun control and about the things going on in the U.S. in particular recently. But what were you thinking about when you were heading down there? I mostly wanted to see the different reasons why people were there. Like, beyond school shootings or mass shootings, like, what makes people come out to this? Do people resonate with this? Have they experienced gun violence? I'm Emma Whitney. I'm almost 17, and I'm from D.C. Uh, I'm Kiersey Pandy. I'm 16, and I'm also from D.C. Are you all from D.C.? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm Clara Whitney. I'm from D.C., and I'm 15. Ben Caprio, and I'm 19, and I'm from Falls Church. Um, and why are you all here today? Uh, we're here kind of mostly because it kind of sucks to go to school and live in fear and think about the fact that there are people my age dying and living a life in fear constantly. Well, I don't think that I should have to go to school and be scared to be at school. Most of my friends um, have immigrated here from like El Salvador and they they wanted to come here so they could escape that. And why should they be living in fear? Um, and have you ever been impacted by gun violence or has anyone you know? Or even um, just the city? Just kind of in, in general. Uh, like last year, there was a kid I, I went to school with who uh, told me that he had a gun in his backpack and that he would. Um, oh my god. That he was upset that I wouldn't go on a date with him and that he would hurt me. Did he actually have a gun in his back? No, he didn't. It was an empty threat. But that's still, that's it's so scary. The fact that that's even something I have to worry about is ridiculous. Just like hundreds and hundreds, really thousands of people of all ages. I saw like ta- I saw this three-year-old with a sign. She was like waving it very energetically, and it said, "I'm three, protect me." There are signs around here. I saw one that was like, "Schools are for education, not assassination." That really resonated with me. Who did you talk to, aside from people who were affected by gun violence directly while you were there? Mostly people who were affected by gun violence in some way. It was kind of like the uniting thread. I made a point to go up to all different kinds of people. I spoke to these two women in their 70s who are from Minnesota, and they talked to me about their experiences with gun violence. Vicki Biggs Anderson from Grand Marais, Minnesota. Silla Wolford from Grand Marais, Minnesota. Okay, um, why are you here today? I wanted to carry the names of the Parkland victims in this march, and I wanted to be with all these wonderful kids who are soon going to be 18 and voting. And likewise, I'm carrying the Sandy Hook victims, and I wanted to be here to support the youth movement and to, in an effort to protect our future children and grandchildren. 
Have you ever been impacted by gun violence, or has anyone you know? There was a shooting in the courthouse in Grand Marais a few years ago, and yeah, I knew the victim, I knew the shooter, I knew his mother. It was uh, it was horrifying. Life stopped until we found it. Nobody died, but of course it was such a horror because we all know each other in a small town. Right, and you never know what can happen. Have you? Oh, I've, I've lived in um, South Minneapolis for years at the height of the um, gun violence era. And in that way, I've been impacted. The only time I truly feel safe is when I go back to England. I spoke to these really adorable kids from Miami, one of whom was turning 13. It was her birthday because I was like, how old are I? I asked them all how old they were. And she was like, I'm 13. I turned 13 today. Um, just stop the guns. We don't need them. That we are going to make a great change. This is for the better. The last really big scale demonstration was obviously the Women's March. Yeah. And the mood, I think, of the Women's March was really important because it underscored this very pivotal moment in America where people were very downtrodden, I think, um, because of the result of the election. What was the overarching like mood? I read somewhere, and I also felt this very much. It kind of felt like a big pep rally. Like, people weren't I mean, they were upset. People were mad, but they were also like, it was really awe-inspiring to see how many people were there, how many people came from all over the country or other parts of the world to this. When I got there, I saw people handing out stickers that said 2019 and 2020, and I was really confused why only certain people got stickers. And then I realized that it was like the year that you were eligible to vote is what the sticker was for. Oh, wow. So it was a bunch of little, not little kids, but like a bunch of teenagers that were like, Everything sucks right now, but we can change this. Right. And that was really, really nice to see. Yeah, I think from from my vantage point, I was mostly following along from home, but it seemed like the speakers definitely did hit at a lot of intersections of where gun violence affects different communities. There was one young woman who was speaking about black women in particular yes. and how their experience intersects with this. My name is Naomi and I'm 11 years old. Carter led a walkout at our elementary school on the 14th. We walked out. We walked out for 18 minutes, adding a minute to honor Cortland Arrington, an African American girl who was the victim of gun violence in her school in Alabama after the Parkland shooting. I am here today to represent Cortland Arrington. I am here today to represent Hadia Pendleton. I. I am here today to represent Tiana Thompson, who at just 16 was shot dead in her home here in Washington, D.C. I am here today to acknowledge and represent the African-American girls whose stories don't make the front page of every national newspaper. One speech that I think really grabbed people's attention a lot, understandably, was Emma Gonzalez when she went up and spoke about her experience and then took, I think it was... Six minutes minutes, and 20 seconds of um, from when she started speaking to the end and maybe four minutes of silence. Since the time that I came out here, it has been six minutes and 20 seconds. The shooter has ceased shooting 
and will soon abandon his rifle, blend in with the students as they escape and walk free for an hour before arrest. Fight for your lives before it's someone else's job. And Alex King, who we interviewed last week for our Fighters series, he spoke. Good afternoon, family. Yes, I said family. I said family because we are here joined together in unity fighting for the same goals. I say family because of all the pain that I see in the crowd. And that pain is another reason why we are here. Our pain makes us family. Us hurting together brings us closer together to fight for something better. Alex King is a 17-year-old student from Chicago who started a group with some of his classmates called Good Kids Mad City. And their whole purpose is to not only address the gun violence in their community, but to point to like community-oriented solutions instead of punitive ones like incarceration. So they're calling for increased counseling for kids, jobs, not only for students, but for formerly incarcerated people who are having trouble like getting, like re-entering their communities. And they say that these things and not things like incarceration or mandatory minimums are what's going to end gun violence or chip away at gun violence there. Was there a sense after the march was wrapping up of what the next step looks like for this mobilization? I think there are a lot of next steps. For the the most immediate next step is people focusing on the midterms. I saw a few signs that were reminiscent of the teacher strike in West Virginia that said, we will remember in November where like midterms are coming up. Like that's a big one for a lot of people. Like what kind of relationship do their representatives have with the NRA? Like finding out that information. And for a lot of other people, I think the next step is thinking of how this ties into other movements. So how does gun violence play into like women's rights and feminism and domestic violence? Or how does it play into police brutality or racism and like finding intersections and ways of addressing these things? Well, there obviously seems to be a lot of momentum that this march started. So I guess we'll just have to see how it pans out. Thanks for coming, Gabby. Thanks, Aaron. Today, you heard from Gabby Dovalle, a staff writer here at The Outline. We're produced by James T. Green. If you love the show, tell a friend. We're at Outline Dispatch on Twitter, and you can find me at Aaron M. Edwards. If you have any feedback at all, you can send me an email. I'm Aaron at TheOutline.com. Shout out to the folks who are making their voices heard and participating in democracy, activism, and social change. There are many ways to make a difference. And sometimes the best place to start is how you treat the folks around you. I'm Aaron Edwards. Until next time.